I want to preach on David. Um, not David and Goliath. We all know the story of David and Goliath. Well, that, that'll preach all the time. But we did a series on Jesus, rediscovering Jesus. Remember that? We did that for many, many weeks. And now I'm, I want to kind of focus on David and some of the things that he did and didn't do. Uh, also, hey, next week we have a very special guest, a guy named Matty Montgomery, which when I said in the first service, oh, do you? Yeah, I said that in the first service, and I had a whole group over here just fall over and fall on the anointing because they're like, Matty Montgomery, he's the most famous person. He's some uh, underground, he was some underground Christian. It, wasn't, it was underground for me, he was underground. I'd never heard of him. He was above ground. Anyway, he's, a, he's coming to speak next week. He's a great, he's, he's very anointed. And I guess he was a real famous Christian rock, rocker, whatever. So uh, I, was at a, I was at a luncheon with a bunch of pastors, about 50 pastors, and I was sitting with my buddy, uh, the, the pastor of uh, Boulevard Church. And he's one of our network churches. Well, they're one of our network churches. And uh, it, was, there, it was Derek Carr. He's the uh, Raiders quarterback. Derek, very strong, very strong believer, Derek Carr. Loves the Lord. And uh, so Derek Carr, and then there was this other guy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I want to meet Derek Carr. That'd be kind of what, be kind of cool. I like the NFL, even though I don't like, I don't like, I mean, I don't like the Raiders, as we know. But, you know, that's fine. Bless them, Lord. Raider fans over here. So I'm, I'm like, Derek Carr, this is cool. But then this other guy walks in the room. I don't know who this guy is. And my pastor friend goes, oh, my goodness. Is that Maddie Montgomery? Who? Is that Maddie? I'm like, here's Derek Carr, though, NFL superstar NFL quarterback. That's Maddie Montgomery. I'm like, ah, cool. I don't know. He goes, oh my gosh, this is a pastor. Oh my gosh, I feel like a little schoolgirl. He no, he said, he literally said, I'm such a fanboy right now. I have to go. Can I? Can I go meet him? Do whatever you want, Jack. So we went over, met him, and. And uh, he came back, and he's like, I got to tell you, that was like one of the best experiences of my life, meeting Matt in Montgomery. So I, anyway, he preached that day for all the pastors, and, I'm, and I actually was sitting in my chair, and I thought, man, I got to get this guy to our church. It was that powerful. And so then I get an um, email, and they're like, you want, he wants to come, you know, do you want him? To, he'll come to your church. So anyway, that's how God does it. So he's coming next week. Please come. It's going to be awesome. All right, now I'm going to start preaching. I'm in preaching mode. I'm stretching. David, David, and David was a, you know, the, the man after God's own heart. Anytime, you know, you would get a prophetic word, you want the prophetic word that says, you are a modern day David, right? That's what you want. Like, yeah, man, after, you don't want, you are Job, right? You are, you know, you are Saul, King Saul. No, you want David. And so David was anointed to be king over Israel. And Saul knew it. And anytime you serve an insecure leader and God has highlighted you, that insecure leader will turn on you. Every time. Because you are, quote, stealing his spotlight. Who does this young buck think he is? We, I see it all the time in church. I see it all the time in church. And so David, after many years, realizes, this dude's going to kill me. So I need to leave. So the Bible says David goes to the enemy's territory. That's how bad 
it got. That's how bad it got. He was like, I can't be around this king. He's going to kill me. I have to leave where I'm planted, where God has planted me, and I'm going to literally go to the territory of the enemy because I think I got more faith in them. So this, uh, this, is, the, this is the back story before we get into chapter 22. So David goes to this um, city, and the, uh, the king is called um, Achish. It was the king of, it's a Philistine territory, Philistine city. And he goes to the, you know, cities were fortified back then. So most cities had like big old gates, right? Big old, not little fences. I mean, they were like fortified cities. So he goes to the gate and he's spotted and all of Achish's servants go, hey, isn't that, now check this out. They didn't say, isn't that David, the servant of Saul? They said, isn't that David, the king of Israel? He wasn't king yet. The enemy even knows your destiny. Isn't that the king of Israel? And so Achish goes, oh, it is, my goodness. This is, this is an enemy. David gets, figures out what's going on there. He's like, oh, this is not good. So it says, David pretends he's insane. Now, for me, that would be no big deal. Man, I could pretend that all day long and twice on Sunday. I could be insane. Anybody watch my Facebook uh, video last night? That was a little insanity. I did a little Facebook on uh, how... Uh, training worship leaders on how to prepare a worship set. It was terrible. If anybody actually bought that, I think I had some guy, I got friends from like, um, like Pakistan and stuff, pastors, and they don't get the joke. So, amen, brother, you know, they're putting a praise God. No, it's a joke. I don't actually, this is not, I'm not this dumb, okay? So it's easy for me to play like insanity. But um, it says David, he, he to trick them, he's, I got to do something. So it says he, he pretended he was insane, and he started, he started scratching, like, the door, you know? And it says he even, like, spit up so there was, you know, junk spit on his beard. And it's like, he's crazy. And so then what did that do? That, that showed that them that, hey, he's, he's no threat. So Achish says, get him out of here. He's not a threat. Get him out of my presence. It's David. So then we go to... Chapter 22 of 1 Samuel. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard. So David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Or Adullam. You've heard the story? And it says, When his brothers and all his father's household heard of it, they went down there to meet him. And it says, Everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to David. And then, and only then, in David's weakest point, when he is like, well, not, there's some more weak points coming up too, David, well, if you read the Bible, but at that point he was so disturbed, so much that he fled to the enemy's camp, and he finds this cave in, cave in enemy territory. He's so discontent. Everything that drew men to him was because he was carrying that. Discontent, debt, discouragement. But in that moment, it says, they looked at him and they said, you will lead us. Then he became their captain, the Bible says. Why? Because the gift of God is irrevocable. Yes. 
And he was anointed and called to lead. And even in his weak hour, his men could see that. The, the Bible, and they weren't even that, his men to that point. The Bible says 400 people gathered and then they called him captain. Now, there's something interesting about this cave. If you look at the Hebrew, a lot of times you need to go to the original uh, meaning of, of Hebrew words. If it's New Testament, it could be Greek. But we're not in the New Testament here, so we'll go with Hebrew. Adullam literally means refuge or place of refuge, which makes sense. Yeah, he went there to have refuge for his spirit, for his soul, for his mind. But you know what also another meaning of it is? Justice of the people. David went to find refuge in a cave that means justice of the people. I find that interesting because David was going into a cave that was speaking his destiny. As you know, David would come and rescue God's people from Saul and bring God's justice to a nation. And so he's in the cave. 400 men have gathered around. And they're like, we are now yours. David then went there to Mizpah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, again, another Philistine territory. He's just walking around the enemy's land, just like, no big deal. How bad does the religious, manipulative leader have to be that you find comfort in the hands of your enemy? I mean, that'll, they, we have some people in the pulpits across the country that are so manipulative and religious and authoritative that people would rather leave them and go somewhere else away from where God planted them and away from the church and away from the body of Christ. They call it church hurt. Now, church hurt's a real thing, but it's also a real good excuse to be dumb. It really is. There is legit church hurt. Man, I've been church hurt. Oh, come on. I've served some amazing people, and I've served some people that's like, I have lit- I'm literally David to, you, to your soul. I mean, I'm literally. But it's not an excuse for me to go, to go camp out in the enemy with the enemy. No, dude. This is what David was doing. And so it gets so bad. He goes to, he goes to Moab, and he goes to the king, He's got all his men with him, and he's got his family with him. And it says he asks the king, he says, will you take care of my family while I go search what God would have for me? Well, I just need to go talk to God. Now, here's what's interesting. God never told David to, to, uh, to go to this land. There are many verses, if you read through the life of David, where it says he inquired of the Lord. That's a really powerful statement. He inquired of the Lord. When's the last time you inquired of the Lord? So many times we react instead of responding. When we react, we've not inquired, God, what should, how should I uh, respond to this situation? We just, man, that guy, you know, we, we, we are the best reactors, aren't we? I mean, I've, been, I've been with some people in their car, and it's like all of a sudden <laughs> somebody cuts them off, or, oh, my wife's really good, too. She's such a beautiful human. Look at her. 
You do not want to be on the wrath of Carly, though, on that side. <laughs> She'll cut your head right off. But she's so precious, though. But anyway, is, am I getting in trouble for this? No, because she says the truth is the truth. But David did not inquire of the Lord. He just left where God had placed him. See, David was from the tribe of Judah, but he left Judah because he was scared. Never make a decision based on fear. You'll always be, it'll always be a bad solution to your question or to your problem. So David, man, this is literally like me taking my wife, to, do, to, to put it in modern day terms, taking my wife and my family to Afghanistan and saying to the Taliban, would you watch them while I go ask God what I'm to do? This is literally what it's like. So that's what David did. So they had already heard that David was crazy. I'm sure the word had gotten around. David was, is crazy. He's no threat. Don't worry about him. This is why they're letting him come into their camp and not thinking he's a spy. He's setting him up, by the way. He's not that dumb if you keep, we keep reading. We're, in many weeks, we're going to talk about uh, David and this, uh, the city of Ziklag, which is an incredible story where he loses everything, and then he inquires of the Lord at that point. But so, he, so to them, he's no threat, right? And so they're like, yeah, we'll take your family. Come on, no problem. So he leaves his family, and he takes his men, and he goes off, and he wanders in this territory, probably going in and out of the cave, going, just, going from wherever, land, cities, wherever. It's just like he's not where he's supposed to be. And, it, and he's trying to seek God, and we don't hear God himself speaking to him. We don't know how long, we don't know how long it is from verse um, 3 or from verse 4 to 5. Verse 4 says, Then he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. The, David was in the stronghold. Then all of a sudden, this prophet shows up out of nowhere. We had never heard of this prophet before this, Prophet Gad. It's the first time he's mentioned in the Bible. I don't know if he's even mentioned any other times. This is like a God thing. Here's a prophet. His name is Gad. He has a word for you. And we don't know how long it was he was wandering. We don't know how long David was wandering, asking God, what will you do for me? Because the Bible actually says um, that I would know what God will do for me. What will God do for me? He actually, he's not inquiring of the Lord here. He's saying, God, what will you do for me? And it says, the prophet shows up on the scene. Oh, there's God. He says to David, hear me. Do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. Do you know what Judah means? Praise. Do not stay in the stronghold. Depart. Go into Judah. Here's what we hear sometimes. We're searching for answers for God. God, what will you do for me. And we hear the word of the Lord come and say, leave the stronghold. But we stop listening at that point. 
I got a word. Leave the stronghold. Period. Bam. There's no period after that. Leave the stronghold. Depart from it and go to Judah. But we forget the go to Judah part. So we go from one stronghold to the other stronghold to another stronghold to another stronghold. And we're trying to figure out why in the world is God not rescuing me? Why am I constantly in bondage? God, I'm fleeing from terrible people. Why am I in bondage? That's how we talk when we're whining. (laughs) Take a breath and listen to the rest of the word of God. Go to Judah. This is where David was from. David is from the tribe of Judah. David is from the tribe of praise. This is who David is. David was planted in Judah and he left Judah. And the, the word of the Lord says, go back to your roots. Go back to where your first love. It doesn't matter that there is someone trying to kill you. I am with you. I will protect you. Was I not with you when you stood in front of Goliath? I will be with you when you stand in front of Saul. Get back to to praise. This reminds me of a New Testament story. The Apostle Paul, you remember this story? Paul and Silas, they're walking around and all of a sudden they get thrown in prison. They're, it's a false accusation against them if you, read it, if you read it. They get thrown in prison. Before they're thrown in prison, though, they are beaten, they're whipped, they're tarred and feathered. Feathered. Do we still say that? Tarred and feathered? That's like an old cowboy turn, I think. And then they're in this jail cell, and guess what they do? They're in the midst of the stronghold. They're literally in the stronghold. And it says they start to worship. And guess what happens? Chains start to fall. The door to the jail cell pops open. Why? Because they chose Judah. This is the word of the Lord for our church. It's the word of the Lord for you. Get out of the stronghold. Stop living in the enemy's territory. Somebody hurt you. Somebody did something against you. Somebody did this or that. Or you just look at the world and, oh, my gosh, it's like the world is going to hell in a handbasket and everything. And, it's, and you need to pay attention to what's going on in the world. But you can't live in that moment. You can't live in that, um, uh, that atmosphere in your home. You have to live in the atmosphere of heaven. What you focus on will manifest. That's why it's important not to just be consumed by the news. And that will tear you up up. That'll tear you up, man. Uh, it's good. To, I think it's good to just see the news so you know, what, you know how to pray and you know what to be aware of because God is talking to his church. Um, also, just to come on, continue to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. It is amazing what the Taliban is doing um, to Christians and pretty much anybody that they hate. But I, I had a report, and I believe it's true because it was from a gal that I trust um, about a church that, and I posted it, but a church that probably three weeks ago now, before we pulled out of Afghanistan, they were running 350 people at this underground church, which I think still was pretty good. It, it wasn't even have to be underground back then, but uh, now it has to be underground. But in three weeks, they went from 350 to 2,500. 
Why? Because of the increase of his kingdom and peace, there will be no end. And anytime the enemy has tried to stop the church, anytime a government has tried to silence the voice of sons and daughters, anytime anything like that has happened, the church actually grows. But for you, I ask, are you sitting squarely in the stronghold? Or are you in Judah? Are you in Judah? Are you where you're supposed to be? Are you where God's planted you? Or are you letting offense, bitterness, and all kinds of stuff, fear, dictate your next move when the word of the Lord says, get out of the stronghold and go back to Judah where you're supposed to be? Come on now. Tony had a real good thing on Ruth. I'm going to just let you say it, actually. You want to say it? Come on up real quick. You got to be on your, my staff, my, my leaders and staff have to be on it with me. But she had this really good, and I'll botch it, she had this really good thing uh, on Ruth and also going back to Judah. Go ahead and tell us that little story about Ruth. Share with Chris how his message is so spot on. And there's another time in the Bible that this story is kind of played out. And it's within the story of Ruth. And if you read the book of Ruth, they were initially as a family from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And the Bible says that there was a famine in the land. But again, when we look at the etymology and the meaning of words, it's very significant. Yes. The word Bethlehem in itself, in translation, means the house of bread. Mm. And in some translations, it means the house of meat. So you That's have right. to explain to me how we're in the middle of a famine when we're living in the place Woo. of meat and bread. Mm. Sometimes as believers, we forget where we live. And we think because there's a famine and everything around us is telling us that there's a famine, the news and everything we're coming subjected and coming under says there's a famine of faith right now. And we want to move out of position. And so they literally moved from the house of bread and meat in the place of praise. Because wherever you are, when, you, when you're in a place of praise, every need will be met. When you right. orient your heart towards right. praise, your needs will be met. You don't have to look outside of anything. And they literally left Bethlehem and Judah to go to Moab. Now, Moab in itself, if you read the Bible, was birthed out of Lot's daughters. Because what happened when Lot and his daughters, his wife didn't make it because she had the audacity to look back. And that's the problem. Some of us are looking back. Instead of looking where God has called us to look, right? And so they're in this place, and there was a trans, an illegal transaction <laughs> that took place between Lot and his daughters when Lot was asleep. And one of the illegal transactions birthed a daughter, and the daughter and birthed a son, and the son's name was Moab. And the reason, when you read the scripture, she says, tells her sister, in order to save our family, in order to preserve our family, I will lie with my father tonight, and you go tomorrow. Once again, what was 
was David doing? Bringing his family to the gates of the enemy and saying, preserve my family, keep them. We are living in a time where you've got to bring your family into the house of safety, which is here. And when we understand that the enemy cannot protect our family, the world cannot raise our children under the principles of God and in the areas of faith, and that the church outside of the church cannot teach our children how to praise. We need to understand where we need to be in this moment. So anywho, they left the land of praise to go to the land of Moab, which is a place birthed out of incest, and nothing good ever comes out of that. No, that's Hear me by the spirit. And so in that place, they left the very thing that they were afraid of because it was a famine in the land, a famine in the land of bread and meat to go somewhere else because they were afraid of starving to death. They were afraid of dying. And what happened is they left that place. And in the land of Moab, Ruth lost her husband and so did the mother-in-law. So when we leave the place that God has appointed us, we can't then turn around and say, God, why is everything around me going to, what is happening right here? You're in the wrong place. Mm, Come on. And it was when the mother-in-law got the revelation and said, we have lost everything. We need to turn around and go back to Judah. We need to turn around and go back to praise. What are we saying up here this morning? We have got to leave the place of whining and complaining and murmuring. Come on. And we've got to orient our hearts and the God is calling the body back to a place of praise. (laughs) And praise is not about me. Praise is about him. Because sometimes, I mean, I love worship, deep worship, and we, that's how we get into it with Jesus, deep depths of worship. And then when I've been in some uh, pretty scary situations, I've gone into worship. But there is a time even in that place where I have to go, you know, I need to get up and dance a little bit. I need to get my dancing shoes on. Did you know she said house of bread and house of meat? Page for the vegetarians out there. <laughs> somebody said, somebody was talking the other day. I was at a restaurant with somebody, and they're talking about, oh, I think it was Zach and Rochelle, and we, I, I got a burger. And for some reason, this demonic thing came up mushrooms. They're just, they're like demonic food. Apparently, a portobello mushroom tastes like a hamburger or something like that. Are you got to be. <laughs> You must be out of your mind if I'm going to eat. It's fungus. Demonic talk. What you focus on will manifest, and the mushroom almost manifested. Or maybe when you take mushrooms, some things manifest. Maybe that's what it is. The place of Moab is just short of the promised land. Come on, it's time to rise up. Was it just a couple weeks ago I was preaching and <clears throat> the scripture where Jesus says to Peter, James, and John, get up. Get up. It's time to get up. Reject the spirit of offense in your life that is keeping you in stronghold. 
reject bitterness that's keeping you in the land of stronghold. Reject anything that's keeping you in the land of stronghold. And why in the world would you want to would you want to build a home and leave your family in the enemy's territory? It makes no sense to me. God says, "Get up. Get out." Get back to Judah. Get back to where I called you to be when you first knew me. Come on, the, the house of praise, Judah. The, ho- the house of praise is where you're supposed to be. Come on, stand.